I was born with a physical disability called spastic cerebral palsy. There's another word in there in between spastic and cerebral palsy, but it's a mouthful. It's called diaphalegia. So it's a very technical term, but essentially speaking, what cerebral palsy is uh, in very layman terms, if you draw two sets of points here, if you can follow me, set point, sorry, excuse me, the first set of points is point A and point B. You draw a straight line across, that represents a person's brain without cerebral palsy. You are now listening to Stability Podcast, hosted by Hassan Ashraf. This week's episode is brought to you by Imposters. Be your true self. Please check them out on the Instagram at imposters underscore inc. Now here is the following episode. My name is Jacob Pacheco. I am an entrepreneur, content creator, and professional speaker. What I do is I empower people to overcome their self-doubt and preconceived limitations through sharing stories and experiences from myself and also others around me. I also compete professionally in surfing uh, as a person with a disability across the world. Um, and I try to bring people together at the same time to empower each other to overcome those doubts and limitations. If you don't mind me asking, Jake, what is your disability? Because I've actually written, I've gone on your Instagram. I've been surfing through. I've been watching your stuff. I'm, and I've noticed that you do have a disability and you talk about it a lot. But I wasn't, I was unable to find what it was. Could you explain to me what your disability is? Yeah, so I was born with a physical disability called spastic cerebral palsy. There's another word in there in between spastic and cerebral palsy, but it's a mouthful. It's called diaphalegia. So it's a very technical term, but essentially speaking, what cerebral palsy is, uh, in very layman terms, if you draw two sets of points here, if you can follow me, set point, sorry, excuse me, the first set of points is point A and point B. You draw a straight line across. That represents a person's brain without cerebral palsy. So you're able to function normally throughout the day. You can read, write, walk, balance, do all your normal daily activities with no necessary issues, unnecessary issues, right? Second set of points, point A and point B, you draw a wavy line from point A to point B. That represents a person's brain with cerebral palsy. Essentially, it's brain damage at birth. Um, And so it affects the cerebral cortex. And therefore, we have issues with speech, walking, writing, any kind of thing. And um, how we go about our day is significantly affected. But I would say that it really depends on the person because that's the beauty of disability. It, we're all very similar, but the degrees of separation is how it affects us. And that kind of creates a beautiful piece of art kind of represents humanity in a way when so when you you know you were born with this disability right how was it growing up how what were the challenges that you faced with it what was the and a lot of people i'm sad to say but did get bullied in high school or elementary school because of disabilities because a lot of kids realize they find the weak and they start preying on the weak and it's sad it's very sad to see because it's not something you can control it's not your fault and it doesn't matter what circumstances no one should be bullied for what their choices are or anything that they've done right mm-hmm. and especially if it's not of their own accord right 
And mm-hmm. I think I was just, you know, as a person who grew up and watched, you know, kids with disabilities, I always felt, I didn't feel, I felt bad, but I never pitied them to the sake, like, oh, I pity them for, because like they, they were very strong human beings. They came to school mm-hmm. every day and did what they did at the best of their capabilities. And they were more impressive than I'm telling you, regular folks like me. Every single day, they were. It was a challenge that they were facing with themselves and inner selves and with the world. So, what kind of like what were kind of, what were the stereotypes against like you and what were like? How did you challenge face these challenges head on? Yeah, it's a great question. Some of the challenges I faced as a child were similar to some some of the things that you might have experienced: bullying, abuse, um, discrimination. But it's how we get through those experiences that allow us to live better lives. I'm not saying that those events aren't traumatic and they, they don't affect us because they do. But how we respond to those and how we use those to move forward in our lives really make the difference. Um, and I'm not going to say that my life was uh, rose beds, petals, gumdrops, and rainbows because it wasn't. It was actually very difficult. I was beaten. I was abused. I have a lot of trauma that has laid dormant inside my heart for a long time and it wasn't until I was an adult that all of those issues came to roost so you know you bottle up your emotions you bottle up those issues and you don't acknowledge them then those are going to lead to problems what I will say is that bullying happens to people that hear what they do not understand so the fact that you are different whether that's wherever you come from, what you look like, if you have a disability, it doesn't matter. Like we all have differences, but people fear what they do not understand. And so they tend to lash out. And it takes a different type of person to kind of like, not necessarily accept that, but kind of flow with it and allow some understanding and learning to take place. And then we start creating empathy and then that creates connection. What we want to avoid is sympathy because sympathy is pity. We don't need to be pitied. We want to be accepted. We want to be loved. Just like you, Hassan, just like I do. Everybody wants to be loved and accepted. So, you know, I'm sure you have your own stories of challenges and difficulties that you faced. And that's where you and I kind of relate, right? Because we connected and we had simple conversations and then we started talking and now we have this connection and now we're on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm not saying that because of a disability you're you're put at a disadvantage in like in 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 terms of society. Like yes, you are in terms of like oh you don't have like the same kind of capabilities as someone might have. You don't have like the same kind of like opportunities in terms of like people giving you a chance than a normal person might have, right? And which is really sad to see here, and which is sad to see. But sometimes you know you it just it's just sad and you know you don't realize that a person with a disability there's a physical disability but there's also disabilities in terms of what you look like if you mm-hmm. especially if you're in a country filled with caucasian people or a country filled with a different race of people doesn't matter it doesn't matter where you go around the world for example i go into south uh, into an arab country as being a descendant of a uh, middle eastern um, uh, south asian country i'm going to be treated differently compared to people that already live there it's the same where anywhere you go right and it's sad to see that but you know it happens and you're right it's because they don't know it is so unknown to them it's they're frightened they're frightened by the fact that wow this is like a different species that has come like not a species but a different kind of breed of human that has come in and starting to take over they have power they have this wow they're knowledgeable they're better than me and people get afraid of that people are afraid of the fact that they will lose what they already have and this this doesn't just go for us this goes for anyone you go into a job uh, go into the job environment and you think about it the person trying to reach the top everyone's afraid of 
of everyone. They're like, oh, why do you think there's so much harassing and bullying in a job environment that is competitive? It's because people are afraid that someone else will take their position. Someone else will take their livelihood. Someone else will take what they want from them, right? I would say that though that issue is very real, but I would also counter with, I've been on both sides of the fence and what I've learned is not to concede, but rather contribute. And you'll always rise above it at some point or another. Maybe it might not be in that specific situation or in that professional environment. And that might be not be the right fit for you. That's the reality of the situation. Life takes us on a lot of different paths. I never expected myself to be doing what I'm doing today 10 years ago. That wasn't my plan. Life, you know, you have these different charts or these different ideas of what life is going to look like. But truly, we don't know. In fact, if we allow our passions, if we allow our, what's the right word I'm looking for? If we allow our passions and we allow what we love to kind of guide us to where we want to be, I guarantee you we'll live with a lot more gratitude and fulfillment. A lot of people today are, are afraid. They value security and stability over fulfillment and gratitude. But what is security and stability? I think that relates to each individual. For me, stability and security represents the internal. Are you secure with yourself? Are you stable within yourself? I've learned that it's much more deep rather than financial. Everybody likes to accumulate wealth, but I also think wealth has a lot of different terminology. Yes, it's financially related, but there's also a lot of other things that encompass that being healthy in your mind, body, and soul, allowing yourself to heal all the trauma that you have within you. Can you contribute to your community? Can you be a part of the community, even if you are different? Because guess what? If you are different, you can provide something new and exciting to help others out. And I know it's difficult. I've been there. I've done that. I've been spat on. I've been beaten. I've been abused. But I've allowed those experiences not to permanently affect me for the negative. I've tried to transform it into something positive, but that process is not easy, very difficult. And I think you can relate to that because you've created something beautiful for yourself. While, while you were going through like all this trauma and this like hatred from all these other people as a kid, you know, what did you have like a safe space that you went to? I know as a person of like who's talked to a lot of people that have experienced trauma and stuff, they used to say my escape was drawing, my escape was sports, my escape was exercising. You know, I would go for a run. I would watch a movie, play video games. Like what kind of escape did you have for or when you were younger? Or were you always just thinking of how can I help this other person understand where I'm coming from? Uh, there were definitely releases. As a child, it was very um, singular. So I focused on a few different things. But as I've gotten older, I've really expanded how I release. For example, uh, I used to focus a lot on video games, sports, being outside, being outdoors. I was always like an outdoor cat because the reality is, is it was very difficult for me to move indoors because I had canes, I had a walker, and that was really like a metal cage banging around the walls. It's, like those narrow corridors, it's very hard to move around in with, with uh, medical devices. But if you go outside, all of a sudden, the world is your oyster. And you can do a lot of things that you want to do. Um, but I started to expand my repertoire. So now I write, I read, I go for walks, I exercise still, I surf. 
um, I would say don't ever hand yourself into one or two releases. Experience, explore, have fun with life because frankly, what you think you may not like actually might turn out to be a huge hobby of yours. Mm -hmm. I never thought I would get into graphic design. For example, I never thought I would get into graphic design, but when I started actually playing around with things, I was like, oh, this is my version of drawing, yeah. you know? So, and I always wanted to be a good drawer, but my, my finger skills, my motor skills would never really allow me to draw the way I wanted mm -hmm. to. But on graphic design, I can trace these objects and then put my own spin on it. And I'm like, I can make it look legit, you know. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was exciting. Um, but yeah, and uh, I would also watch a lot of anime and put myself into those characters of those stories. I would resonate with them because, frankly, um, in anime, they always went through a lot of pain, but they always transformed in one way or another. But it shows both sides of the coin you can transform for the negative or you can transform for the positive and here's what happens along those two storylines very beautiful i i think you know uh, as one of my favorite songs of all time says there's a it's a whole new world after all i think we just need to get on a car magic carpet ride and just figure out where we belong and what we what we're looking for you know there's you can literally go to any place anywhere and you can find something to do there's just it's a whole new world like i'm telling you i think there's i'm stuck in this little bubble in the in the place where i live and i think you know i come from a totally different country you know i haven't been back in a while but i'm living in this little bubble you know two hours there three hours there back and forth and it's just like you know this is it like i think this is a really big world but then the moment i step outside it's like whoa what is this after all right and it's, <laughs> it's crazy and i'm telling you man it's nuts and so tell me what got you got into surfing man for a person who says you know it's tough to balance and stuff you, you seem like surfing is just you know a whole new aspect of everything sharks maybe not sharks maybe i'm just exaggerating oh, sharks but like Sharks are real. <laughs> that's a real thing. Yeah. Um, I would say that surfing is the accumulation of all of my experiences from being a child athlete all the way up to now. So as I told you before, I had lots of trauma mm -hmm. that, I, that I hadn't healed. Surfing allowed me to confront that trauma and heal it in a very natural very healthy way because once you're out in the water there is very little around you that will influence your thinking like you can hang out with your friends and stuff and you can have fun in the water with them but when you're on the wave when you're paddling for the wave that is a very singular independent individual experience because it's on you to figure out when the wave is going to break how it's going to break how are you going to manage yourself on the wave to ride that energy and harness it for those few seconds of pure bliss and stoke. When you do that, everything kind of comes to the forefront. All of your doubt, all of your preconceived notions about who you are, what this, what this wave is going to do to you, it becomes very real, very authentic, and healing in a way. Because you are going to mess up. Everybody messes up. I fail far more times than I succeed at surfing, but it is that challenge. It is that healing therapeutic feeling of pure freedom, bliss, 
independence, but also adrenaline rush. It's, it's like a drug, but it's super holistic and healthy. There is, there is so much beauty in that water. You connect with nature and you have that inner conversation within yourself. I got into surfing when I moved down to Southern California for graduate school to get my master's. And that was my original plan was to work in professional sports as a coach. That was my thing. I really wanted to do that. However, life had a different plan for me. And I started to surf recreationally just for fun the first two years I experienced it. And then I reached a point where I had to make a decision about what direction my life would take. So some background on that. Right before I was supposed to graduate with my master's, I was working in two jobs in both collegiate division one sports and professional sports wow. at the same time while going to school full time. Very what difficult. was your job? I had a job as a director of operations for a sports program. And the second one was as a coach for the youth network of a professional soccer team in my area. It was an MLS franchise, which was really cool. What was the soccer team? The LA Galaxy. Wow. At the time, so when you graduated, that would have been the time when, who was playing? Was there any big names on the team at the time? Yeah, so I got to meet Steven Gerrard. Um, Robbie Keane was still playing for them. Jossie Zardes. Uh, but Steven Gerrard is uh, not much taller than I am. Actually, I think he's eye level with me. So yeah. it, was, it was very... Um, uh, what's the word I want to use here? Um, grounding. I was like, mm -hmm. this man is a super athlete, but he's also a human being. And you can literally see him eye to yeah. eye. But you've seen him launch launch a soccer ball for 40 yards out and hit the top corner of the net. Yeah. That's sheer, sheer, sheerly down to hard work and grit. I will say that that experience that whole experience working those jobs going to school full-time taught me a lot about myself i was going to interviews left and right i was as prepared as i possibly could be i wanted to work in sports no matter mm -hmm. what i had grinded to get there it didn't work out in fact i found out that i did not have the ability or experience to work with athletes according to my superiors wow that was very difficult. I spiraled from that because, not because of the words, but because I had allowed society to dictate what my potential was as a human being. And so that realization really took a toll on me. And I had to make a choice. And it was with the help of my friends and my community that pushed me to go for building this platform and meeting up with you. It was a beautiful story. And that's why we talked earlier about not conceding, but contributing, building your community, bringing people together. If you can build a place for others, it builds a place for everyone. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I talked about in my TED talk because I, I was really, really, passionate about the power of personal experience but using it in a way to give back to the people that have helped you and to others around you because time's our most valuable asset mm -hmm. we have to help 
others around us. We got to have our purpose. We got to have our passion. So can you give us some background about when you did this TED talk and how that came about and like what kind of, what kind of chance brought that up for you? That's a great question. I started the TED talk process or the TEDx talk. I hope one day to get on the actual TED platform, yeah. but TEDx is still TEDx. It's still part of the, yeah. part of the network. Um, it started in the middle of summer 2020. So at the height of the pandemic in California right? and everything was shut down, but I sent out about 30 different emails to all of the TEDx platforms that were in California. I was just emailing every day. Every night, I was trying to get speaking opportunities. I heard back from five. I applied to two, got them both, picked one. So basically from June all the way up until February 2021, I was working on this speech. I was rehearsing it myself. Uh, It took 10 different rewrites of the speech because I was that passionate about it. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make an impact. And I had professional speech or speech writers telling me, you need to make sure that this is less than 10 minutes and you need to hit really, really hard and get out. And I said, fine. So I got it done in less than nine, but I was really, really proud of it. And I wanted to give back and connect with the audience in a way that where they could take something away from, from the talk. Because I value your time, Hassan. I value the people's time who are listening to this podcast. So if, you are, if you're willing to give me a few moments of your time, I'm going to try and deliver as much value as I can. No, I get that for sure. And I think every time I have someone who listens to my podcast, I'm like, wow, they actually listened to the whole thing. That's crazy. And it's like, well, half that was just me mumbling about something. I don't remember. And I think, I think I get what you mean. Like I value your Jacob. I value your time so much. And I think every guest that I have on my podcast, I value their time like highly over mine. Right. And that for me, that's, they're giving me their time of their life. It's, it's this time that they could be doing possibly something else to entertain themselves or, you know, find out more about themselves and all this other stuff. Right. And it's so grateful. And it makes me feel like, you know, I don't want to waste the time. I want to get as much knowledge from them. And I want to learn as much about their life experiences within this 40, 50 minute talk that I get with them and to understand why they chose the paths that they did in their lifestyle lifetimes. Because, you know, a lot of my listeners are pretty young and they're in their twenties, like early twenties and teens. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting because we're at that point. It's like, okay, I'm deciding what career I want. And a lot of times when you do decide what career you want, you get trapped. You're like, oh, I'm stuck. I'm stuck. I can't quit now. You know, it's too late. Like I've already chosen it. I'm going to go with it. I don't care if I hate it. And, and it's like, you get society telling you by the age of 21, if you're not a millionaire, you're unsuccessful by the age of 25. If you do not have five kids or blah, 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 you're unsuccessful by the age of 30. If you don't have a billion dollar company, you are unsuccessful. Right. And it's sad because we're living in this world of, I've mentioned it in a lot of my podcasts, we've lived in this world that's trapped by social media. You know, we're seeing these influencers, you know, we watch these influencers every single day of our lives without even knowing it. We're watching them, right? We go on YouTube, we see them pop up number one. And these guys are 24, 25. These guys are making, they made their first million at 21. They were Vine stars at 18. 
They're just social media content influencers. Charlie D'Amelio is 16. She's a millionaire making of doing shows for Versace that people have worked their whole lives to try and get just a picture and be on Versace or model for them, right? And it's kind of, and, and sometimes it's disheartening. You know, I'm 20 right now. I just turned 20 a few weeks ago. And it's tough. I'm like, oh, I'm 20. I haven't made a million dollars yet. Wow, I'm so unsuccessful. Like I have no, I have, I don't have a job in the engineering field where I work. Wow, I'm unsuccessful. And you know, you go on LinkedIn. You, you Have you ever used LinkedIn? Like, have you gone on LinkedIn and you look at like, everyone's like, guys, I have good news. Oh my God, I got hired by Tesla. I'm just so grateful for this. You know what? I would do the same thing. Like I would, you know, if I got a good job, I would probably do the same thing and stuff. But I think, I think we go on LinkedIn, we realize, oh, they're like, I'm only 22 and I'm so blessed. The world has given me everything. Now I'm like a millionaire. I run a fashion company. I also work for Hollywood and I'm like, wow, you know, okay. Like this is very impressive. I, really cannot relate which really sucks so i'm just i'm just like it's it's tough and it's like not tough but it's like you understand where i'm coming from it's like oh and then you know you get stuck in this career and i think a lot of people need to realize you have time you know like gary v said i didn't make my first video until i was 40 and like i didn't create my first content until i was this age like i didn't get i didn't create my first company until i was 30 and it's like you know you guys you guys start realize oh, wow, I still have 10 years. But then you start realizing 10 years is a short amount of time. And then it's all this stuff just keeps piling on and piling on. It's just becoming more stressful, more stressful for kids. I don't know. What's your opinion on it? That's like my take for that. I mean, a lot of what you talked about there, if I'm hearing it correctly, we're talking about vulnerability. Mm -hmm. We're talking about realistic point of views on life. The reality of the situation, especially in social media, is we sell a lot of things that are fake a lot of fake lifestyles, living outside of our means. And when we live outside of our means, we're creating even more stress for our lives. Hassan, you are 20 years old. At 20 years old, there is no possible way I had it figured out. There's very few people that actually do. We call those people prodigies or Aang the Avatar. Okay, you know? <laughs> even Aang didn't have it figured out. Let's be honest. That dude exactly. had no idea what he was doing. Exactly. But the reality is, is we're all in this journey of life. We all have our own processes and our own steps to take. I didn't start my platform and my business until I was 26. And I felt some of the same emotions and feelings that you feel. Right. But comparison is the death of our dreams. Comparison is the death of our dreams. I cannot compare myself to you because you are doing things differently than I am. You should not compare yourself to me because I am doing things dif differently than you are. Mm -hmm. It all starts with one step at a time. I have to repeat that to myself often. Gary Vee repeats that to himself often. Process is more important than anything else. And I, you've heard it over and over and over again. Fall in love with the process. What does that mean? That means that when you drink water, when you brush your teeth, you have a good breakfast. That is falling in love with the process. I love creating good breakfasts. I love going for a walk on the beach. It sounds simple, 
but it gives me the passion to keep pushing myself. The beauty of my beach walk frees my mind and opens up my creative to create and put things out there. What do you really want from your life? If that question changes five years from now, that is okay. Life changes. We all change. How you embrace that change will dictate what you do for the rest of your life. Everything will change. I am not the same person I was when I was 26. I'm not the same person I was four months ago, five months ago. I've grown a lot. I find that wanting fancy cars, wanting materialistic things, it doesn't give you anything. What gives you fulfillment and gratitude, in my own opinion, and from what I have experienced, who you surround yourself with, how you feel every single day. If you want a job that fills you with gratitude and fulfillment, then do that. If you don't think influencing is for you, that's fine because influencing is a hard job. A lot of people see the, the social media accounts and the followers, but what they don't see is with it. It's not the same thing. The moment you start gaining fame, you start caring about what you're putting out there. You start caring about the people that are watching, right? And the things at the beginning, you're doing it for fun. You're like, ah, fun and games this is great. But the moment, the moment you start creating attraction, the moment your content got any uh, views, you start up the production. You're like, okay, time to spend, put money into the quality, time to put in money into the ways I'm doing. And you got to realize he's planning, he's doing all this other stuff. Everything around his day is centered around him trying to create the best content for his audience because that's the way he's going to continue to grow. That's the way he's going to continue his craft. And that's how he's going to get better. And I think people need to realize there's so many hours behind a day that goes behind creating content that go on the internet most of the time like me i take this podcast for example i literally do the bare minimum but the bare minimum requires me to listen to this podcast that i record now for an hour then later i'll have to re-listen to it four times just to make sure you know did i get everything it does it sound good and after it sounds good okay now i gotta you know, edit it, take out the ums and all that and all this and, you know, this and that, the stuff that I don't want on the podcast, the stuff that I might have said by mistake that I don't, I think shouldn't be on my podcast and all this to make the other person make, does the other person sound good? Okay, I need to edit the tone of this, all this. And I have the bare minimum equipment required for running a podcast. I used to do it using, like I said, I was using these beat up old Xbox headphones and the mic on it. No one will know what I used for my podcast because they'll be like, oh, the audio sounds nice. But oh, maybe his mic is bad. It's like, because I was using an old headphone set. Now I have a mic. Hopefully the audio is nice. It's just, it, it's a progression but people don't realize the amount of time and effort that goes behind it. Like you were saying. I think anything in life takes progression, mm -hmm. a job, content creation. It takes time. I want to be viral. I want to create viral content, but it doesn't work like that. What works best is you enjoying your process and creating content and letting go of expectations. I just posted new YouTube content for the first time in six months. I went through a lot in order to figure out how I wanted to keep creating content, what I wanted to show, but that's what I wanted to create. That's what I wanted to show the world. And now I'm super happy with it. I'm really proud of what I put out there. But I also at the same time, I'm like, if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you don't. 
that's not my problem. What my problem is, is am I happy with what I'm creating and what I'm putting out there? Like for reference, for people that want to understand content creation, for every hour of footage you create, it's going to take you three to six hours to edit and put it out there and deploy it onto your different platforms. It takes me hours to create YouTube content, but I enjoy it because I'm putting together the story. I like to put together the story, just like you. For every minute that you edit on your podcast or every minute you record on your podcast, it takes you three to four minutes to edit it. That adds up time, calculate it out. A lot of people don't see the dark side of, of content creation, which is a lot of hours behind a screen. If you have a team, then it becomes a lot easier, but a lot of us don't have teams. I don't. I love what I do. All of the content that you see on my pages, 97 to 98% of it is all self-created. I find it crazy is because of the fact that everyone's like, oh, you're cloud chasing, you're doing this, you're trying to like become viral. It's like, no, half the time, like 90% of the time when people start up an account or start up creating content that actually lasts longer than a month or two is because they're doing it out of the pureness of their heart. They're doing it out of joy. They're doing it out of the fact that they, what they're doing is a hobby. Like the fact that you go play basketball or the fact that you go work out in the gym or the fact that you sit on the phone and talk to people for hours on end. It's because you enjoy it. It's not, it's not a chore. It's not something you're forced to do. It's something you enjoy to do. And that's the same thing with content creating, you know, not everyone's going to get a million subscribers. Not everyone's going to get a million followers. Not everyone's going to get a million downloads. Not everyone's going to get those millions of stuff that they want, or not everyone's going to make money. You know, how many people do you think are actually making money off their content? Not that much. Not that much people are actually making money off their content. And it's tough to tell people that. It's like, oh, you're just doing it so you can make money. It's like, okay, if the money comes along, that's great. I'm not going to deny it. That's, I'm getting paid for the effort that I'm putting in. You know, I'm putting in more hours in this than I am in my no normal job, my schoolwork. You realize mm -hmm. You know, if yeah. the money comes along, it's something that I'm getting rewarded for doing what I love to do. And I think that's the same thing when, when you do pick a job, you know, when you're going to go look for a job and get an interview, I hope to God that you are looking for something that you enjoy and not something that you hate. And just because there's a paycheck, I hope to God you go into that interview and you kill it because you want to work there. Cause you know, where you're working is you're going to do it as a hobby, not as a job, but as a hobby, cause you enjoy it that much. You want to go in there every single day and be like, I'm, you know, I'm like SpongeBob. I like, what, what does he say? It, it, SpongeBob. It's like, it's a new day or something. It's like, uh, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Right. <laughs> ready to go flip some Krabby Patties. That man loves to flip Krabby Patties. If anything you can get out of SpongeBob is the fact that that man loves his job. He does his job as a hobby. He goes to work every day with a smile. This is what we're aiming for. And I'm sure he probably doesn't get paid. Has SpongeBob ever gotten a paycheck? No, Mr. Krab takes all his money. Mr. Krab doesn't pay <laughs> SpongeBob. And but SpongeBob does it because he enjoys it. And I think yeah. that's the same thing with content creating. That's the same thing with working at a job like you said it's all perception it's all how you think about it it's how you think about what you perceive the world as doesn't matter where you are in the world doesn't matter what you're doing if you enjoy it even for the sake of just enjoying it man i swear to god that you're gonna 
when you earn that paycheck, it's going to be more of a reward than anything else. It's like when you're in kindergarten, you're sitting there and your teacher's like, oh, what's two plus two? And someone's like, oh, four. And she's like, oh my God, that's so right. Here's a golden star. And you get that golden star, not because of the fact that she, she, you, she, you deserve it. It's because of the fact that she rewarded you for putting in the effort behind class, learning what two plus two was. It's the yeah. effort that you put behind the screen. It's the effort right. that you put behind the job scene. That is what you're getting rewarded for when you get that paycheck. I would like to provide um, three tips, if I may. Um, yeah, go for it. Of we course. close out this episode. Of course. Um, the first one, the number one is release expectations. What that means is do not compare yourself to someone else because we're all running our own races. If you can release your expectations and allow yourself to be in your moment, be present, but also know that your process is one step at a time, it will give you a lot more empowerment to go after what you want and understand that nothing happens overnight. If it does, accept it, embrace it because it is rare. The second thing, enjoy the daily process. Love what you do. Love what you do. Go to your job, enjoy it. Go to school, enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, that is okay too. And then the third one is embrace change. Your life is going to change. Every year, every month, things are going to be different than they are now. If you can embrace change, embrace transition, you're going to be so further ahead in life that it's going to allow you to adapt to almost any situation that you would encounter. Invest your cash, compound it, give yourself that stability and that security that you're looking for because I know it matters to a lot of people. But also be stable and secure within yourself. What I tell myself all the time if I'm ever dropped into a situation, I know I will be okay anywhere in the world at any point in time because I'm stable with and secure within myself to know that I can get through a lot of things because I've been through a lot. And that goes back to my TED Talk. There is power in your personal experiences. You've all, we have all experienced something that we can relate, that we can plug into our lives, that give us an advantage that we can play. So use it, think about it, write it down, release your expectations, enjoy your life, love what you do. And not every day is going to be perfect. You're not going to love it every single day. It's just unrealistic. We are humans, we have emotions, but if we can be consistent with feeling that gratitude and that fulfillment, and what I mean by gratitude and fulfillment is smile inside your heart. Think about what makes you smile on the inside and on the outside. That's going to help you push you in the right direction. I appreciate you, Hassan. Thank you. No, thank you, Jacob. That was really good, man. I got really heated for a sec for no random reason. Uh, I want to thank you for being on the podcast, uh, man. 
you, everything that you I, I've heard you and I've loved what you've had to say. I'm excited to actually listen to your TED talk tonight. I'm going to listen through, through Clubhouse probably get everyone on there to listen with me. And not going to lie, man, it's everything you have to say and the stuff that you've gone through in a lifetime, it's, per, you're right, personal experience can empower another person, yet you don't know who you're going to inspire next. You don't know your story, and there's probably a kid sitting out there somewhere be like, hey, you know, I'm getting bullied, I'm getting this, I don't know what's going to happen, right? And your story could empower him. You could be the reason why, you know, he gets up and becomes the next triathlon athlete or something or becomes something incredible for the world that we need and someone who empower someone else the chain continues the chain of goodness will always continue so jacob i I really want to thank you man i appreciate it thank you for listening to stability podcast hosted by hassan ashraf all brand new episodes of stability podcast are posted on mondays at 6 p.m for more news on stability podcast please follow our instagram at stability podcast our twitter at stability underscore pod and our youtube channel which you should subscribe to at stability podcast